Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. We're still on health. So if you're taking notes, I titled it Healthy Vision. I mean, no, we need to have a healthy vision, amen, of, of what God wants us to do. And I'm going to be reading out of the book of Acts chapter 9. And I'm going to read uh, uh, nine verses and then we're going to go from there. It says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he were to found anyone there who belonged uh, to the way, whether men or women, he might take them prisoners to Jerusalem. Verse 3, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. He replied, verse 6, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Verse 7, The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. Verse 9, For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, God, for the opportunity, God, to be here tonight. Father, I pray I step aside and you use me tonight, my God, to transmit your word, God. Let our hearts, God, be open and our mind, God, be focused on your word tonight. Holy Spirit, we give you liberty to do what you need to do, not what we think you should do or we want you to do, but Holy Spirit, have your way, and we're careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise and everyone said amen and amen i'm sure all of us are familiar with the story of the apostle paul on how his conversion how god came and 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 was able to minister to him and and it's like god just showed up in his circumstances how many ever wanted God to show up in your circumstance? Like, God, you don't understand what I'm going through. God, I, I don't understand what I'm going through. God, I just need you to show up. Amen. And here, sometimes we don't understand that, but when God shows up, he comes with an intervention of a divine, an intention of a divine intervention to intervene on our past character, amen, to give us a strong a character like his. It's like Paul, when we find the story of Paul, Paul was here and and the Romans had hired him to go and persecute Christians. Paul was a believer, can you get that? And he was killing Christians. Now, if you you look at Paul's life, Paul was very knowledgeable. He had a lot of degrees when it came to doctrine. But you can kind of say he was a religious person. I mean, you know, we have religious people in church. And they want to kill Christians with their words. 
hello, somebody. Why is he sitting up there? Why is he preaching today, you know? <laughs> and we don't even understand that. Like, man, it, with our words, we can kill it, amen? That was free 99 stuff, amen? I'm just throwing some stuff out here, amen? And so what God wants to do, amen, he wants to change every thought we have. He wants to control our next decision. He wants to be part of it. I'm not saying that God is a dictator, but God needs all of us, amen, 100% if we want God to do what he's going to do in our lives. Not 80%, not 99.9%, but 100%, amen? And here we, we look at the story here, amen, and, and Saul thought he was doing right, amen? Saul, because before they changed his name, he was Saul of Tarsus, and, and then as we know him, Paul the Apostle, amen? And so how many know we can't live the life uh, that you've been living? When God does something in it. That's why some people struggle. Uh, I got saved, but I still want to hang out with the homies. Hello, somebody. Hello. I got saved, and, and I come to church just to hook up. Don't look down. Nobody's taking notes right now. How many understand what I'm saying? We can't make the same choices we always made. Something has to change. Our friends have to change. Our, our desires have to change. Our habits have to change. See, God will always interrupt your vision because he has a better vision for your life. There has to be a spiritual shift that takes place in the atmosphere. Amen. You, you can't get where God wants you to go, amen, if you're not willing to change. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you have to change. Now look at them again because they, they act like they didn't hear it. Tell them, you have to change. How many know when we're not obedient and when we're not changing, we walk around in circles like the children of Israel? They, they didn't believe God with the promised land and all those that didn't believe, they died in the wilderness. They just went in circles. And sometimes we don't understand that. God, uh, I know you called me. And God, uh, I'm just being religious. And, and I don't understand, God, why, why I, I can't get to where you want me to go. Religious people. Oh, he can't say that from the pulpit. You're criticizing everything. That, I mean, no, that's what religious people do. See, when we read the story, uh, Paul's not gone rogue and he's murdering people. Paul, he's not a, 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 a crazy psycho who, who out of nowhere just like to kill people, especially Christians. Sometimes we think, oh, he was a murderer. He was this and that. Saul of Tarsus was a devout Jew who believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is a believer. He's just real religious. He, he thought he was doing God a favor by killing Christians. And sometimes we come to church, we start off good, but then we get religious. We get saved. God, whatever you want me to do. I'm going to never pray that. Whatever you want me to do, God. When you made the altar call, you were crying. Mocos were running down. Your makeup was... And you didn't care. But now you've been saved a while and you get religious. And I, uh, no, I can't do that. Don't pray for me. Don't touch my hair if you prayed for me. You know how long it took me to fix? How <laughs> many understand what I'm saying? See, religious people are like a mixture you put in a blender. They'll have a little bit of scripture with a little bit of hate. They'll have a little bit of knowledge, jealousy, and bitterness. And, and when you blend them all together, you have an outcome of someone that have, feels that they're always right, and they always judge, and they always point the finger. 
How many know religious people will argue with you about doctrine? They'll stay there and, and they insist that's right. That's why you cannot let a religious attitude steal the joy that God has in your life. I mean, sometimes we do that. There, uh, there will always be the challenge of religious people coming against you. Don't let religious people mess you up. Because how many know they'll mess us up? It's easy to become religious. It's easy just to click over. What I mean by that is now before I used to go to church because I wanted God to change me, now I go to church for morality, not no more for transformation. I just go to church because I want to feel goosebumps. Before I came to church because I needed change, but now I'm religious and I just want to go to church because when people ask me, you've been to church? Yes. I'm in church all the time. Just because you're in church does not mean you're changing. I mean, no, the chairs you're sitting on are here more than you. <laughs> They're not changing. They're in the same place unless we move them. So how do we get a healthy vision? I'm going to bring out a few points. Number one, a genuine encounter with God. Verses 3 and 5 says, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? In verse 5, Saul says, who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. And the funny thing about this story, it says that the guys that he was with, they didn't hear a sound. How many know when God begins to single you out, nobody else knows what's taking place, amen? And that's why you just have to be open. God, if you're dealing with me now, God, I'm going to be open. So the guys that were with him, they didn't, they didn't hear nothing. See, God showed up in the middle of the day. God breaks every rule here, every standard. Shouldn't it be at our prayer time where God shows up? You know, shouldn't it be at night when we're praying and God, here I am? But here, it's like, like God like, said, forget that all. I'm going to come now in the middle of the day while your friends are watching you. I've never been there where God's dealing with you. And it just comes. Some of you may be like that right now. God's dealing with you. You know, you're like, I, I got a vision Saul had a vision, too, to kill Christians. It wasn't until he had an encounter with God that he understood what God created him for. Some of you are sitting here tonight, and you do not even understand what God's created for you. Your vision is, let me go to church, let me go to work, let me go ahead and get what, what I can get here, and that's it, I'll pay my tithes. But God is saying, I've called you for more than that. I called you to take a city. I called you to be in worship. I called you to, to go and help in the nursery. I called you. But you can't see that because you got your own vision. He'll call you while you're in school, when God's dealing with you. And all of a sudden, you want to cry and you try to hold it back. He'll call you when you're driving. How many have ever been driving where God's dealing with you? And then you just start crying. Then the cars behind you are, that are driving and they're looking at you like you're crazy. Like, man, you're, <laughs> what's wrong? Nobody in the car. Why, why are they crying? What about at the workplace? What about at a service like this where the Holy Spirit is moving and it begins to deal with you and, and your heart is pounding and, and you're like, God, I, I need an encounter with you. But when the Holy Spirit starts moving, you start pushing them away. 
I can't cry right now. They haven't even made an altar call. You know, when God deals with you, just let him deal with you. Here, this is what happened with Paul. Paul's with his boys, and they're on the way to murder Christians. He's got his boys with him. You know, it's gold. I'm here. I'm doing this. And, and they think they're doing God a favor. And in the process, God shows up in the midday. The sun is out already, but yet the light comes and knocks Saul off his high horse physically and spiritually. How many know some of us have to be knocked off our high horse? Physically and spiritually. You know, you're like, man, no, don't you know who I am? I've been coming faithfully. You know, God didn't open the doors for you. There's, then evaluate yourself. It's because God wants to do something in your life. What's amazing to me in this story is that the light came brighter than the sun. Think about that for a minute. It was in the middle of the day. The sun was already bright. But it said here when the light came, it was brighter than the sun. How many know there's no comparison to the real light? What happened in the story, God outshined the sun. Think about that. That's how powerful he is. It was daylight, but yet a brighter light came at during the day. Sometimes we just read the story and we read it like that. He was brighter than the most powerful ball of fire that you ever seen. If the sun was any closer, it would burn the earth. But his light was brighter. I mean, no, there's nothing in nature that compares to his glory. Let me give you some free 99. Let me pull away from this story and look at it from a different perspective. Because here we're looking at Paul. But now let's look at where Paul was headed. Paul was headed to a village. Paul was just down the road from Damascus going there to kill them. They never knew there was someone right down the road from them that wanted to take their lives. Here they are, Christians, they're believers, they're over here in Damascus, praising the Lord, didn't know that Paul was there. And here's what people in Damascus didn't have to do. They didn't have to go fight Saul on the road to make sure the battle was won. All they did is they had to, they didn't have to meet Saul, all they had to do was keep meeting with God. Look at your neighbor, tell him you got to keep meeting with God. As long as there was meeting with, they were meeting with God, there was going to be a protection over their lives. Sometimes we're so caught up at where we're at that we forget that God is doing way more than we could imagine. Way more than we could imagine. Sometimes we come to church and we're like, man, I'm going through all this stuff right now. But he's protecting them from danger that was coming down the road and they didn't even know it. Now let's personalize that. Some of you may be here tonight. And you're getting hit and hit. And you don't know if you could make it. But here, I want to encourage you. God is already stopping things that were going to kill you. Amen. And you don't even know it's taking place. They didn't even know that all they had to do was keep meeting with God. And there was a protection around them. They didn't ask him to do it. God just did it. He did it because he wanted to stop something that was going to take them out. I know we can praise God for what he's done, but can you praise God for what you don't see? It's easy to praise God when we see him and, oh, God, I'm with you. But what about when you're going through it and you can't see it? Can you still praise God? 
They didn't see that he stopped it. They didn't see that he pushed it back. They didn't see, but God did it. His provision was still around them. His protection was still around them. And they didn't even know the danger was around them. There was something coming to kill them in Damascus, but God stepped in. How many know God stepped in our lives plenty of times? And sometimes we don't understand it. Some of you need to thank God that you didn't marry that person. I heard somebody say, too late. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Some of you need to thank God that wreck wasn't fatal. Some of you need to thank God that, you, that he didn't allow you to pick up that needle for the last time. Amen. Where it was going to destroy your life. Where you didn't pick up that pipe once again because God intervened. God stepped in and pushed it back for you. But now you're in church and you're religious. So I'm going to leave because God didn't do anything for me. Yes, he did. You just don't see it. You need to thank God that he didn't allow you to do that one thing you were going to do because you were discouraged. Because sometimes when you're discouraged, amen, we do stupid things. Without even real, oh God, you don't even hear my prayers. You don't even see what he's pushing back on your behalf. Death was coming your way. And he said, stop. Can you imagine that? Some of you are here and your mind is thinking all these other things. Oh God, you can't use me. You can't use that. And God says, why do you think I've been stopping death? Because you have something inside of you that only God can bring out. He's saying, I know you go through trouble, but you have to thank God for all the things you didn't even ask him to do. Because for some of you, death was on the doorstep. And God didn't let you answer the door. Think about that. Some of you know where you, you came from. Yeah, God cleaned you up pretty good. That you forgot where you came from. But death was after you, and God stepped in and didn't let you answer the door. But you sit here ungrateful with an unhealthy vision. If they don't use me, I'm going to go somewhere else. Instead of saying, God, I, I, I need an encounter with you for I can see what you're doing. Today, too many people are not having encounters with God. So they got the vision like Saul. I'm just going to go kill Christians. Now I'm just going to go ahead and do what this because this is what feels good for me. But then when you get an encounter with God, then you have a healthy vision because you understand God's placed something in your life. And there's something that only you can do. We know that you need to shout and praise him because he stopped it. He shut it down. If he didn't shut it down, where would you be? Think about that. I'm sure we all have friends that backslid, and when they backslid, all of a sudden they, they, they overdosed and they died. But yet when you did that, God spared your life. I don't know why. But he stopped death. He got you out of that abusive relationship. But yet you find somebody else that's abusive. 
We're getting quiet in here, huh? It could have been worse, but it wasn't worse because God has a plan for your life. Amen. Some of you think here, because what happens when you don't uh, have a healthy vision, you come to church and you still feel empty. And then when you feel empty, you get frustrated. And then when you get frustrated, your mind starts thinking crazy. And remember, God's given all of us a gift. And that gift, when we volunteer in the church, it starts to unwrap. And once it starts unwrapping, now we feel part of the church. But if you don't have an encounter with God, you're going to stop volunteering. Oh, I don't need to do that. Why do I got to come and take care of everybody's kids? I have a hard time taking care of mine. Right? So you don't want to volunteer in the nursery. I don't want to come and vacuum. I don't even vacuum my own house. I don't want to volunteer for the worship team because then they're going to use you up. So what? The devil used you up. And God stepped in and stopped him. Because he has a call on your life. There's something inside of you, amen, that only you can do. You didn't see the enemy was on the way to destroy you because God stopped it. While you are trying to fight the battle that God has already taken care of, your attention is being wasted on something that God is already wanting to eliminate. He stopped it. And we don't even know what it was. Sometimes, how many ever going through it where you're just like, you don't know if you, you barely made it here. And you're like, man, God, I, I need a word. And, and God has said, what do you mean you need a word? I've been stopping all this stuff. I've been stopping all this stuff that you don't even know of. When's the last time you thought like that? You stop, but God, I, I'm, I'm here, God. I'm in the verge, God, and, and you don't understand what's going on in my life. You don't understand what's going on in my kids. You don't understand what's going on in my marriage. And God is saying, but no, no, you don't understand what I'm stopping. Look at your neighbor and tell him he's stopping things you can't see. So to have a healthy vision, we need an encounter with God. The second thing, a healthy vision will stop you. Verse 4, getting back to the story, it says, He fell to the ground and heard a voice to him say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I mean, God knew exactly what was needed to stop Paul. Just like you here tonight, God knows exactly what you need to, to stop you, what you need. It wasn't your parole officer that committed you to the, our program. It was God stopping death and saying, I'm going to put you somewhere where there's life, amen. But sometimes we don't understand that. It's, I'm going to get out of here. No, God is stopping death, amen, for you. He's not letting you answer the door. So keep an encounter with God because when you got an encounter with God, then what's going to take place is you're going to submit to what God wants to do in your life. How many times do you got to go in circles? How many thank God that he knows how to stop us in our tracks? He stopped Paul. And the reason why he stopped Paul is because he he wanted to rearrange his priorities. That's why God says, "Let, let me bring him to this place. You can be saved. And your vision shifted. Before it was anything for God. Now it's no, no. I'm just going to do what I have to do. 
And that's why things ain't working out for you. Because God is saying, no, no, I, I, you have to get an encounter with me so you can see the call of God that I put inside of you. He struck down at the moment by light and he, and he stopped some things. How many know God wants to stop things in our lives? How many know it's easy to get comfortable? Right? It's easy. You get comfortable in church, you fall asleep. So every little while, hey, you know, just wake you up. <laughs> See, God stops him, and he also stops him from going to do what he wanted to do. Some of us were stubborn. We want to do our own thing. Oh, I need to get married. I'm not getting any younger. You know, no, you don't. God's stopping those bad relationships because you keep picking the same people that were abusive to you. And I never understood that. People, they break up, they, you pray them, and they get out of an abusive relationship to go into another one. And then they'll say, well, I don't know why, what's going wrong. <laughs> Everybody sees it but you. And they do the same thing over and over. And God is not working out. I thought it was you sent him. No, he didn't. If, if, if your pastor didn't bless it, he didn't send him. See, some of you didn't want to hear that, huh? Oh, I'll tell them when they get saved. <laughs> right? If they don't know about it right now, they ain't the right one. That's why you're sneaking around. That's why some of you are having difficulties right now because God's trying to stop you from doing your own thing. He's got greater things for you. Hallelujah. Oh, God, but you don't understand. I need someone. No, you don't. You need, you need God in your life. You need an encounter with God because when you have an encounter with God, you're complete. When you get married, find somebody that don't need you. Right? Because they're complete in God. Because if they need you, then you're going to have something to, to fulfill and you won't be able to do it. They need God. See, somebody's getting mad. I knew I shouldn't have came today. She didn't show up anyways. <laughs> I mean, you know, nothing comes easy. Saul's on the ground here, and what's going to happen, he was struck down in this moment by light, and he stops things. See, this is Paul we're talking about. He wrote 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. Paul never knew that was in him. He would just thought he was doing good trying to kill Christians, but God had something else. And it wasn't until he had an encounter with God that he understood his purpose. Paul had respect. Because as high as he was with his knowledge and everything, they gave him papers that he can go to Damascus and arrest all the believers. So they believed in him. Just like you, you're good at what you're doing right now, but God says, wait a minute, I got to change the plans. I called you to ministry. I was a printer. 25 years in printing. I was making $30 an hour. And that was in, two th in 1999, 2000, I let my job go for a handshake to go pioneer church. No paycheck. I was like, God, are you sure? But I came up in faith. So I was like, let's go. 
God, you called me, but when I first got saved, when they would tell me you're called, oh, you guys have to tell everybody that. That's your job, right? As a pastor, you, you got to tell me God's called me. No, God's called you. He just didn't die in Calvary to get us to get a good life. No, you, you're, you're able to win people that nobody else could win. Amen. He's called you. Paul became uh, uh, who he hated in one moment. Paul hated the Christians. Now he got saved and, and, and an encounter with God. Now he was like the people he was trying to kill. Think about that. One encounter with God. When is the last time you had an encounter with God? That it changed your perspective. It's amazing what God will do when he stops us. Paul probably had the least in ministry, but God hid things uh, from Paul because how I many know God can't show us everything that we're going to go through because uh, we'll quit. If God showed me all the battles I had to go through, I, I would have said, forget it. So as we surrender and as we have our encounters, that prepares us for the next step. God called Paul to be great, but uh, he's not even close to it yet. He was killing Christians. God has hidden things in Paul. So he has to get us to a place where we have a healthy vision where we begin to see what God sees. Amen. How many know that you're anointed? You're chosen by God. It's no mistake. Your mama may have told you you were a mistake. But God don't make mistakes. How many can say amen? So you got to stop telling yourself you're a mistake, amen. God chose you, amen. God anointed you. Stop calling yourself who you are in your current state and start calling yourself as God sees you. Some of us can't even understand that. The only way you're going to discover is when you have an encounter with God. Why do you think the enemy is coming against you so hard? If you didn't have nothing inside of you uh, that God was calling you to do, he would leave you alone. That's why sometimes believers, when they don't have an encounter with God, when they try to do God's work, they get hit, then they get tired, then they get frustrated, and they say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that no more. I'm just going to go to church. But when you have an encounter with God, you're able to say, God, you refresh me, you strengthen me, God. You brought in my vision, God. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do. I know you can't see it right now, but know what you possess. You need to believe that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. When's the last time you walked around like, man, I got this power? Yeah, I'm going through things. Yeah, I, I barely made it here, but I got this power. Come on. Or do you start saying, oh, poor me. God, I need you, God. You got the power in you. Yeah. Go ahead and say it. Say, I got the power. power. Say it like you mean it. I got the power. power. See, Paul didn't know what was in him. It took a light to blind him. It took away his eyesight. When Paul opened his eyes, he could not see. He probably thought it's not supposed to be this way. Man, God, I'm doing a work for you. Now I can't see. How many know that sometimes God will take from, uh, from you what you trusted the most, your sight? Paul's seen it. Paul was doing. But, but how many know it's better to have insight than eyesight? Paul was there. Now he had insight because he was connecting with God. He had an encounter with God, but he didn't have eyesight. Amen. 
Some of us have eyesight and we don't have an encounter, so we don't have insight. Because when you have insight, you don't see it, but you know it. Because you have an encounter with God. God, I can't see it yet. It's almost like Peter walking on the water. God, just say the word. What's he saying? I got insight. When I heard the word, then he walked. Then he turned away. Then he, you know, he lost his insight. It stopped him. How many know that as long as we're serving the Lord, he stops us? My third point, a healthy vision will always send you. I mean, it'll send you. You don't send yourself. God sends you. Amen. That's in the two, nowadays, you have too many people. They want to call themselves pastors, bishops, prophets, apostles. And they haven't even sent out a church. And they want to be an apostle, you know. In verse 6, it says, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Say now, how long did it take? See, when, when it says, get up now and go into the city, and you'll be told what to do. How long did it take, Paul? Did Paul go to discipleship classes? Did he say, I have to do this? No, no. The Lord told him as soon as he got up, now get up and go. That's why, see, Paul was just killing Christians, and, and you may be here tonight, and, and you were just at the club, amen, but when you have an encounter with God, God is going to say, just get up and go, and I'll tell you what to do. You could have been saying, well, well, you don't know, I got a drinking problem, I got a smoking problem, I got a cussing problem, and God is saying to you, get up and go. Just have an encounter with me. Some of you are ready to give up on your marriage. And God is saying, get up and go. Not go from your marriage. <laughs> Some of you are like, hey man, that's what I'm waiting for, right? <laughs> Already dialing your spouse's number. No. Get up and go. Know that God is working on your behalf. Yeah, right now, it looks hopeless. Every marriage goes through that. January, me and my wife have been married 42 years. We had hopeless seasons in our marriage where I thought it was over. She thought it was over. But God was working on our behalf, and we didn't even know it. He was stopping death. He was stopping destruction. He was stopping division. All we had to do was keep that encounter with him. Maybe you're ready to give up on yourself. You think you're worthless. I want to let you know you're not worthless. You're, you're special to God. You're, you're priceless to God. Maybe you're ready to give up on your children. You've been praying and praying, and it seems like they're getting worse and worse. Imagine what God is already stopping that you can't see. Death. All this other stuff. Maybe it's the call of God. You're like, I don't want it. I never wanted the call of God. In the first two years, I was frustrated because I was fighting it. I don't want it, God. I would get in the car and drive and thoughts would just go off the freeway, kill yourself. That way you don't have to do what God's called you to do. I mean, no, when we're not, don't have encounters with God, our mind thinks like that. I wonder how many are here that just think, they want to say forget it because you don't think you're worth anything. You're special to God. God sees how hard you're working. Whether you're a single parent, maybe your marriage, and, and God sees that. And he says, son, daughter, I've been stopping all this stuff. 
Yeah, you'll get your kids back. Yeah, your marriage will get back together. But just keep that encounter with me. God is telling you, now get up and go. He told him, go to that city. And my last point, for a healthy vision will cause you to change your crowd. In verse 8, it says, Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days, he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. But then if you read verses 10 through 20, I'm not going to read, I'm going to paraphrase it. The Lord began to tell Ananias, he was a believer, and he told Ananias, go over to the straight street, the house of Judas. Go there, and a man from Tarsus named Saul, for you can pray for him, for the scales can come off. And Ananias said, don't you know who he is? He's a murderer. But then on the flip of that coin too, Saul had to go to a different crowd now, the ones he was killing. And he had to trust the Lord that when he changed the crowd, that he was doing what God's called him to do. Some of us don't want to change our crowd. In verse 15, the Lord even told him, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel. The story goes on and it says that we prayed for him, the scales fell off. It says that Saul stood there a few days. He started preaching. Why? Because he had an encounter with God. See, there's going to come a time when you're going to need a level of faith because you can't see. And you're going to have to grab a friend's hand and say, lead me to where I need to be. That's what Paul did. His friends took him there, but then he had to be led to Ananias. Some of us, I don't want to go under that leader. Because I don't like him. He dresses different. That person's a cholo. That person's skinny jeans. That person's this. That person's that. You're going to need somebody to help you get to where God needs to take you. If Paul didn't do that, we wouldn't hear about Paul. But Paul did that. When you have a healthy vision, you'll know who your friends are. And who your enemies are. As everyone stands here. Tonight. Paul went through hardships. Shipwrecks. Tried to kill him. But what kept him going? A healthy vision. How many know your vision will carry you through if you allow it to? I mean, no vision won't allow us to settle for second best. It won't. I mean, no, when you lose your vision, when you don't have a healthy vision, you'll begin to lose your purpose. You'll begin to lose your purpose in your marriage, in your job, in your ministry, in everything you do. You lose it because you lost your vision. You see, when David had a vision, he conquered Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. When he lost his vision, he couldn't even conquer his own lust in 2 Samuel. When Saul had a vision, he couldn't conquer his kingdom. When he lost his vision, he couldn't even conquer his jealousy. When Noah had a vision, he built an ark. When he lost the vision, he got drunk. When Peter had a vision, 
He preached and 3,000 got saved. When he lost the vision, he couldn't even admit he was one of Jesus' disciples in front of the little girl. When Elijah had a vision, he could call fire down from heaven. When he lost the vision, he ran from Jezebel. It's the healthy vision that keeps us alive. How do we get that healthy vision? How do we get back to there? It all starts with an encounter with God. I don't know where you're at tonight. But I do know the Holy Spirit is here. And just like Paul in the middle of the day is shining, Paul could have said, man, don't do it in front of my boys. You may be here and God is dealing with you right now. And you're like, no, I, I don't want that God right now. But no, this is the time God chose. Now, this is your now moment. To get back to that encounter with God. Because too many times we just go to prayer for morality, not for transformation. Tonight I want to challenge you to say, man, I want to come and I want to come and have an encounter with God. So this altar is open. If you want to come up for prayer, come up. Amen. Uh, uh, listen to the Holy Spirit as the worship team ministers in music. Hallelujah.